Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the X-Cast. The truth is in here. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and today I'm joined by Mr. Brandon Shea-Matella. What's up, Brandon? Meow. Are you a rat or a cat or a dog or a jaguar? It's all very confusing. Um. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> For a second there, I thought we were going to talk about the Star Trek episode with these cats. What is it with sci-fi and, and, and not just like saber two tigers i'm talking like house cats like are we what is the deal with science fiction shows and house cats being like a villain of the week what's that all about well cats are the most ferocious and frightening animals of all yes, thank you as spock. spock told us yes <laughs> so yeah so this week we're talking about the infamous teso dos beaches uh what is widely considered one of the worst episodes of the X-Files, and, you know, Brandon and I, I think we're in agreement on this, aren't we, Brandon? Um, shapes is better. Shapes is better. <laughs> shapes is better. Brandon and I have an ongoing <laughs> in-joke, or whatever you want to call it, about the quality of Shapes. He loves it. I hate it. But Shapes is better than this. I 100% agree with you. We are in agreement there, sir. You know, the funny thing is, um, I haven't seen this episode in a really long time, and I don't remember it being this this bad, and I watched it this time, and I'm just like, what? What is this? What happened? What did I just watch? And I had to watch it a second time. And the second time I watched it, I was like, "What? What is this? What? Did, what happened? What did I just watch?" And yeah, so it was. Uh, it's not great. You know, we aren't the only ones who don't like this episode. Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny are often <laughs> cited uh, as saying this one is one of their least favorites. And Kim Manners, who directed this episode, hated it as well. Although it was apparently one of the most highly rated episodes, viewer wise, of the, <laughs> the third season. So, um, but what are you going to do? People right? like cats. Yeah, I guess so. I'm more of a dog person. Are you a cat or a dog person? Uh, definitely dog. Cats are evil. Me too, which is another reason I don't like this episode because they kill a dog. What are you doing? Do you know what Teso Dos Pichos means? It means give me the sandwich. No. <laughs> oh, it's, okay. It's, uh, it's uh, Portuguese and it means burial mound. Of small animals, so okay. But yeah, this is um, this is a whole level of. Is it so bad it's good? I say no. I say it's so bad it's bad, and we're gonna delve into the. <laughs> we're gonna delve into that in our conversation here today. <laughs> Teso Dos Bichos is the 18th episode of the X-Files' third season. It aired on March 8, 1996, was written by John Sheeban and directed by Kim Manners. And IMDb gives it a 6.1 out of 10. And IMDb, if you get a 6.1 out of 10, that is bad. Because, is it? Because, yeah, IMDb, it's a, it's a 10 scale, right? But it's really, like, about from 5 to 9.5. Like no, there is nothing really under five unless it's like awful, and there's really nothing far above a nine. So if you're a six, you you are on the low end, okay, of Iron to be ratings. But he, you know, here on the X cast, you rate things one to ten. So Brandon, I ask you, on the one to ten scale, what would you give Teso Dos Pichos? So over on the Trek FM network, I'm known as like kind of one of the optimistic people, you know, and I tend to try and find the good in things. But after this one here, I'm giving this thing a solid one. Excellent. Yeah. One is my rating as well. <laughs> yeah, like, this one was a tough one to watch. And we'll get into, like, there are some interesting things that I like about it. I, I'm a big fan of Mark Snow's music, and I, I like his 
ethnic Indian music that he does oh. and that that woodwind, that iwi that he uses, that electronic woodwind. I like that sound a lot. So, you know, I, I find that when he uses that type of music in these episodes, it, it's quite effective. But that's my opinion. And, I, I, you know, Mark Snow is usually hitting a home run for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he does all the music on Smallville. No, he doesn't. Which he is my favorite show. some of the music show. on Smallville. He does the first five seasons, okay? Give me a break, Brandon. Gosh. <laughs> I don't even watch the show and I know that. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about Smallville. We're here to talk about the X-Files. And, you know, this episode starts out with their in Teso Dos Bichos, and it's in the title screen there. Uh, Ecuador, they're... Um, at a, it's kind of like Jurassic Park, right? Where they're, I'm giving this episode way too much credit, but it's like this this archaeological dig that's going on. And someone's like, "We found something! We found something! We found something!" And you're like, "Oh, cool! What's it going to be?" But it takes us a long time to even find what this is. They really kind of bury the lead, I think, on what they find. It's it's like a head. It's a skull in a clay pot, mm-hmm. right? And which I have a problem with, which we'll talk about in a little bit with this clay pot head thing, but. Uh, it's quite nicely placed in there, that head, don't you think? Well, it's it was a burial pot, is my understanding of it. But my question is, how would you fit a person inside a pot, right? Well, you maybe know? it was mauled by the cat, and they like had to just throw the body parts in there. <laughs> or maybe it's like a maybe yeah maybe they chopped this person up and put them into this pot uh, because really all we see is a skull. I don't know how many many more remains are in there, but uh, all the. Uh, for lack of a better term, the natives are very concerned about this. They say it's the, it's the body of a shaman, and they say we yeah. cannot we cannot disturb it. And the lead doctor, Doctor Roosevelt, this just old kind of kind of like he's kind of looks like the the typical people you see breaking into King Tut's too, you know, <laughs> in the old days. He's like, no, we're going to take it back. We're saving this. We're going to preserve it. And the uh, and the other doctor, Doctor Belac, uh, he's kind of in between. He's like, I don't know these people. Like he's like the translator guy. He's like, I, I, right. I don't know. He, he he takes it seriously. The other guy does not. But but he's not in charge. Roosevelt is. Yeah. See, this Roosevelt. I mean, like he's the typical, he's the stereotypical white dude that you see in a movie who's just like, I'm white and I don't care about any of you <laughs> Aboriginal people. Yeah. You I don't want to listen seditions. to anything. Yeah. yeah so, he, so he he pays it no mind because we got He's going to get this back, and it's an archaeological discovery, right? So then we cut to late that night, and we see all of the. Uh, Again, I, I hate to use the term natives, but I don't know how else to describe them. Native Portuguese. Portuguese. I mean, they're, it's Central America, so they can be Native Americans. So, See, X-Files is very hit or miss when it deals with Native American culture. I think you know episodes like uh, Blessing Way and Paperclip do it pretty well. Uh, episodes like this and Shapes, <laughs> not so much. Uh, so this is... Hey, Shapes is awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, it's more awesome than this. I've given you that already. Okay, isn't that enough? So they're sitting around. Um, they're not smoking the peace pipe. They're drinking the peace goo. Yahe. Yahe, which is uh, a vine of the gods, as they say. Right? It looks like uh, green slime. What which, is it? it? I don't know, but whatever it is, it is potent. Yeah. That guy takes a sip, and he is messed up. <laughs> like, like you know, uh, no drug takes effect that quickly. Yeah, like, so- he literally takes a sip, and he's putting the spoon down, and he's like, Whoa. Oh, man, you're crazy, crazy man. Like, I like it, but you're crazy. <laughs> he's like that guy on, like, old school where he shoots yeah, himself. Yes, so Will Ferrell in old school. <laughs> Got a dart in your neck, man. Got a dart in your neck. You're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy, man. Uh, yeah, so he gets he gets what I'm going to refer to as, as cat vision, right? Okay. Um, as me. he's looking around. It, it, I mean, I guess that's what they're trying to tell us because he, he's looking around the circle. He sees cat vision. And, I think we should call it Yahe vision. Okay, Yahe Vision. There you go. He gets Yahe Vision. Yahe TV. Um, but everyone else is also taking this Yahe, right? I mean, that's what they're, they're passing around. Everybody's taking a spoonful. So I guess since he's not a native guy there, he, he he's not accustomed to it. It's the first time they've done it, I can assume, I can only assume. Man, we totally need to do a song for, like, uh, Mary Poppins. Just a spoonful of Yahe oh. helps the kitty go down. You can do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but the, but the, there's a there's a lead shaman guy here. Uh, he's played by Gordon Tatusis, and I made note of this because he actually appears in Smallville in a couple episodes where they deal with Native American culture as well, playing pretty much the same kind of character, although he's more of a professor okay. of Native American history in Smallville, uh, but kind of an elder statesman of Native Americans, right? He he, he serves that same role, uh, and that's what he's doing here. We see him in a couple scenes here at the beginning, and then he comes back around at the end and kind of bookends the episode. He's kind of leading this whole thing. Yep. 
but then you know then we see that we also when then we see the Yahweh vision kind of like going through the going through the grass and and it, it catches up to uh, the tent where Roosevelt is. And uh, this is now. This was a very effective X Files opening yes. kill right here. Yes, it was. Uh, where we see we see a shadow of a of a jaguar, you know, and then we see blood spatter all over the tent, and we because we're on the outside of the tent, and we see what's going on inside the tent. We see Roosevelt kind of come up to the side of the tent. He's like pushed up against it, streaks down it with blood. That is how you start an episode of the X Files. Yes, huh? I would agree with that. So like, there are some stuff that's good in it. It's just that it really becomes a train wreck at the end. So then we cut to the uh, museum. Three weeks later. Right. right. Now, this is where I have a problem, okay? So we're going to get okay. into it in a little bit. So three weeks later, okay? And, like, in a little okay. bit, we see... What is that woman's name? Uh, Mona. Mona. Okay, Mona is, like, working on that urn. And mm-hmm. she's, like, you know, she's taking tools out because she wants to take out the skull or whatever. In three <laughs> I, weeks, I, they have made no progress on excavating yeah. this thing? You have to be very, di- very, very delicate with these matters, Brent. <laughs> have you ever tried to ex- excavate a, an urn, a skull from an urn? That's a great point. I didn't even think. Yeah, about I don't know. Like I have trouble excavating carrots out of my garden, right? But I mean, like, still, like this is, I don't know. Like we're not well, there yet. But I mean, it's like ten or fifteen minutes into the episode when we see her doing that. But still, it's right. like there's a three week gap in here, and then they have the urn, and like they've made no progress on like taking this skull out. It did kind of remind me of shapes at the beginning when we moved first to the museum because we see like the taxidermized uh, jaguar, right? It reminds me of getting of shapes when it's like a thunderstorm. You see the taxidermized like bear and wolf and all that stuff. So I'm already getting shapes vibes. It, X-Files and animals. They just, it, it's a bad, com- it's a bad combination. Shapes. Uh, Elephants uh, that are invisible. Yes. Uh, what's the uh, symmetry? Fearful I was on symmetry. that episode. I forget. Fearful symmetry. That was that was garbage. That's a garbage episode. <laughs> and this one is not good either. Fearful symmetry <laughs> is like, better than this. <laughs> Maybe. It's it's tough. It's tough. But I think I gave that one a one as well. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to go back and listen to my scores. But anyway, uh, so X Files and animals. <laughs> you know, and the guest stars in that one were bad. Also, in this episode, the guest stars are bad, but we'll get into that. So, uh, the security guard's kind of going through the dark museum, right? And he sees, like, a, a pool of blood. I thought, oh, there's going to be a dead body or something, right? But no, there wasn't. I was I was kind of confused, and they show up, and they're talking about, where's the body? I'm like, what do you mean? There wasn't a, <laughs> a body in the shadows or something? I just kind of assumed there would be, right? Yes, and it's, it's interesting. I love the X-Files and the faces they get. We've seen this guy quite a few times on the X-Files. Like, he was in The Host as the sewer dude. Right. Oh, like was he? Yeah, I love that guy. Like he's great. Okay. He shows up quite often in the X Files, and he, he was a familiar face. Yeah, the security guy. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, that's what I love about the X Files is some of the extras that they get for like the small roles mm-hmm. are just great looking people. You know, <laughs> they're memorable, memorable faces, faces yeah. memorable people. Yeah. So it's the it's the people of Canada. You guys got great people up. Yeah, there, was it got so. a great country, eh? So they're they're you know Mulder and Scully show up, and you think to yourself, how do they even get in this situation? Right, because what's X Files about it? Yeah, with no body. But apparently, yeah, so it's like there's a you, you see some blood and a missing body. Like, what is this about? But we have some exposition from Scully saying that uh, there had been a petition from you know one of the doctors who had been working with the museum to the State Department or something, which makes it a federal thing. And that, I, I guess that's them explaining how Mulder and Scully got in on this via the FBI, huh? Yeah, but that still doesn't quite work for me because. It, it's still not paranormal at that point. Like, if it's like, yeah. hey, we want to send this urn back. Okay, that's an X-File? Question <laughs> yeah, mark? I guess. It's like X-Files is like stuff that no one else wants to deal with as well. Yeah. It's paranormal stuff. It's like, yeah, stick Spooky on that. <laughs> spooky, spooky and the Redhead, put them on that. What's her name? Anyway, they don't even know. But Mulder has a theory already about all this, right? He's like, oh, there's a ghost cat <laughs> You know, he, he's done his research and he's prepared and of course Scully doesn't doesn't believe him and we already have set up the whole like, okay, there's something you know, there is a quote unquote precedent for this in history that Mulder has researched and, and decided that that's what's going on here. Maybe he used his connections to get on the case because of that, I don't know. But then we meet Mona, the assistant we mentioned earlier, and uh she takes Mulder and Scully to the urn with the skull and she agrees with him. She's like, Oh, we should we shouldn't be messing with this, we should send this back. Maybe that's why. Brandon, maybe that's why she hasn't really taken the skull out because she she's been delaying it. She's like, I don't want to do this, so she's just taking a grain out at a time. <laughs> Still, it's a slow. Uh, archaeology is a slow process. Yeah, I'm going right? to pause on that complaint of mine because I know that there would have been like transportation time and stuff, but still, 
mm-hmm. like tra- to get it from Portugal or wherever it was, like Puerto Rico or wherever to here. I know that there's transportation time, but still. Ecuador. Ecuador, thank you. But to have no progress on it, I don't know. But through their conversations, um, we, we hear about Dr. Belak, who we'd seen in the, in the teaser, and uh, Mulder and Scully go to his home. Uh, because he had been on the project and he's not. He wrote the letters of protest, so he's become you know a, a person of interest in this disappearance at this point. That's what they're looking for. And, uh, wow, this guy, right? He's kind of like a, a TV version of Oscar Isaac, but also some Antonio Banderas. Like, and he, he's a really bad over-actor. Yeah, he had <laughs> I a did weird, not like him at all. weird accent. I literally laughed out loud a few times. He was talking... <laughs> He was just saying his lines. He was like, I'm like, are you trying really hard, man? Is this just how you talk? I don't know, but I just just tone it down a little bit. Yeah, know? it was a weird choice because he wasn't really talking like that at the beginning, I don't think. Right. It's like The more and more he guess, unravels, the more ridiculous he gets. Maybe that was his thinking, the actor's approach to the situation. But he's clearly being set up as the person who perpetrated this because they have no other leads right now, and he used to work on the project. Mm-hmm. He... Uh, they're walking around his house. They see how he was at, you know, the lab, the dig and all that. And he talks about Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, he lived with the people, and he thinks it should be sent back. And, you know, Mulder kind of thinks he has his suspicions that, oh, this, this guy has a, a supernatural story to tell us, you know, because Scully's like, tell us what happened. And he's like, you guys don't want to hear what I have to say. And Mulder's like, I'm very interested in what you have to say. And he sits down right next to him on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, what you, I mean, that's the, the, this is suspect one, and then they 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 leave, and I I really like their conversation um, at the car. Scully's like, well, I think he's our he's our suspect, and Mulder's like, I don't know, Scully, uh, why do you say that? And they kind of go back and forth there, and and Mulder Mulder explains the whole like you know myth of the jaguar and stuff again, and she of course scoffs at it, but he's like, go with it, Scully, and he says that a couple times in this episode. I wonder if that's like a, a David Duchovny ad lib or or what. But that that was of anything in this episode, I really liked the quote, "Go with it, Scully." That could that could be like the mission statement of <laughs> the X Files, I think. Right? See, and I kind of felt that was weird, and it didn't seem quite right in character for me. So I just attributed why, why you say to the that writing. I don't know. Like, I know that Mul- I don't know. It just didn't seem like he would say that to her. I don't think Mulder would say that to her. I know that he's like go joking and he's fun and he always has a, like a, a a line, right? But go with it, Scully. Just seemed not quite right. It didn't ring true. For- well, and and it got repeated, which is why that, that just struck me as like, oh, are you trying to make this a thing? Is this like going to be a new catchphrase? You know. But uh, I don't think it caught on after after this episode. That's why I thought I think maybe maybe it was a Duchovny kind of ad lib, and they liked it and they left it in. See, and that's why I would attribute it more to the writing is because it never mm-hmm. stuck around. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not quite trust no one. Not quite the truth is out there. That should have been at the opening credits, right? Instead of trust no one, it should go have been with go it. with it, Scully. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, you know that that's them pleading for us to go with the episode. I'm like, all right, we're we're okay so far. A little questionable here and there, but I'm still on board at this point. Nothing's right. gone too ridiculous. Nothing's gone too insane. It seems like a pretty standard wind-up for an, for an X-Files story right now. But then we go back to the hospital, and Mona is on the phone with Dr. Belak, and she's like, oh, why did you lie to them? Because they asked him where he was, and he says he was home alone. You don't know what he lied about, whatever, but you know that he wasn't entirely honest with them, and you know that they have some kind of personal connection she hasn't shared with them either. And then the other the the other museum guy shows up, Doctor uh, Doctor Luton, mm-hmm. and he he's the guy that talked he had talked to Mulder and Scully earlier at the hospital, and he was under the, the underst- 
it's his theory this is some kind of political assassination or statement or something like they they attacked and kidnapped the people at the hospital uh, hospital <laughs> people at the museum in order to 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 force them to send the urn back and he's like, we're not sending that back <laughs> right we gotta we gotta keep this for uh you know knowledge for science for science yeah <laughs> we gotta we gotta show these people how to treat their artifacts well, I, I did, I did, I'll say this about this scene. I did like how he kind of like opens the door and he, he sees her talking on the phone, but he kind of lets her finish her conversation. Like, you know, and he doesn't immediately like, hey, what are you doing? Like, that, because that's, you see that in TV all the time. That's stupid. If you want to like get information from people, don't immediately announce your presence. So I do give him a little credit there. Yes. Yeah. And then he like, he offers his own advice. He's like to her, you know, like you're, you're a talented person and, you know, just don't pick the wrong side. Be smart and where you plant your flag. Yeah. I think is. <laughs> what he says but then he leaves and um she she's in the room by herself at this point and you kind of you kind of hear something yeah this is where the episode and then, loses me and, and then you see the you see the door open you're like oh, what's it gonna be and it's sugar the dog the museum dog every museum needs a dog right so this dog lives at the museum yeah as soon as this happens I'm like <laughs> oh stupid fake out yeah it's gonna be one of those they do that are they oh they should they shouldn't like the, have done that the fake out again with the animals, you know. Uh, and I love dogs, but it's like, why do you? Why are you? Inter- I, I like as soon as that dog showed up, I was like, this dog is not gonna survive this episode. There was no other reason for this dog to be in this uh, museum setting other than to die. But she she has a dog named Sugar that apparently lives with her at the museum. Apparently, you know, there's only been one animal in like any movie or TV show that's ever scared me and got me, and that's an alien. When when uh, Harry Dean Stanton's character is like. Down and around, and then Jonesy like hisses. That's you right. know it, not anymore after I've seen it a bunch. But I mean, the first time I saw that, oh man, that that got me for sure. Again, science fiction house cat. Cats. What is the obsession? What is the obsession? I don't know. They make good food. Is there a cat? Are there any cats? And oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they run out of food. They any... can eat the cat. I don't know. Are there any cats in Battlestar Galactica? I can't remember. I have no idea. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, Doctor Luton goes out to his jaguar. You get it, guys? Like we, <laughs> this is this is where they have like the dog was like, okay, fine. You 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 fake me out with one jump scare, or whatever, right? Don't do it again. Of course, they do it many times. But then we go out to this car. This is where the episode just annoyed the hell out of me. I was like, you get it? Like here's a really close, tied up shot of the hood ornament of his Jaguar. <laughs> okay, I liked that. Okay, yeah, it's cheesy that it's a Jaguar, but that that shot is a very X Files shot. To have like a close up on something with something crazy going on, either off screen or out of focus or whatever. Yeah, just like shapes where they have the drink on the deck and the werewolf is killing his dad. Yeah, I knew that's. Ah, I knew you were gonna like it because of that. Yeah, <laughs> right. But that's not the only time they've done it. But I mean, like that's kind of a really X Files type of shot, you know? Well, we like we start with it there, and then we come back to it at the end when he's being killed. Um, but he tries to start his car at one start. He gets out. He looks under the hood. He's like, what? What is this? There's like blood inside his hood, um, but then we we see the, um, the, the what, what's the Yahe, <laughs> the Yahe vision, <laughs> kind of cone up to him, right? And then he gets pulled under the car, and and we we don't see what happens to him, but he's being killed, and it's and it's awful. Oh, was he? And I couldn't tell. Get, I, I didn't see, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume he's being killed. I don't know because we have a tight shot of this stupid jaguar head, and I don't know what's going on. So we just end on that, you know. Right, and, uh, and then now we get my buddy Don, who walks by. Like, so I got my, my friend Don. I don't remember his last name, but he's in Vancouver, and he was an extra on a lot of TV oh. shows. And like, so the next shot is like morning, and mm-hmm. you see a couple people walk by out of focus, and he's got like brown hair and a ponytail. I think he's wearing a brown jacket in this, and he's he's looking kind of away from the camera. But that's my friend Don. You see him in the pilot episode of Millennium as well. Right at the oh. in the teaser when they're like in that strip club and he's he walks towards the camera when the other guy's walking away. That's my buddy Don. So is he trying to be an extra on these shows up there? Is that, well, is that so how it was, was his job? He was an extra, so he would just be oh, an extra on lots of stuff. I, he's been in a lot of them episodes, but th- that's the one where you, I can see him the most is in this mm-hmm. one and then in the pilot episode for Millennium. Oh, what what a proud distinction to. <laughs> The Vientese does beach. He, uh, I know him because in Vancouver they've got a nude beach called Rec Beach, and he actually sells like tie dyed clothing. So if you mm. go down to Rec Beach, there's a guy who's got like tank tops that have like the Rec Beach logo on it, and they're all tie dyed. He tie dyes them himself and stuff like that. And yeah, that's Don. All right, well, all of our Canadian listeners, be sure to go to Rec Beach, get yourself a tie dye <laughs> shirt from Don. 
The extra from Teso Dos Bichos. <laughs> if I were like, if I were him, I might bet my T-shirt stand called Teso Dos Bichos. It sounds cool, you know, out of context. And it means bring me the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, that's because that's what it means. So they're going through the the car, Scully and one of the cops is, and they find partial rat body parts mm-hmm. in the car, which is really confusing because uh, this is the first time we have any inclination of rats being involved we were thinking cats but apparently we were one letter off it's rats right yeah i remember watching it again i knew this was the cat episode and then i'm like oh this is where they find the dead cat and I'm like, they're like rats i'm like what <laughs> oh yes. okay was there a typo in the script and nobody changed it <laughs> like like it's like rats rats or no it's cats uh but um scully uh goes out in the woods with, with Mulder. Mulder and the rest of the cops are searching for the body because again there's no there's no body there's just blood and, you know, that they assume the worst, but that they can't confirm anything. Um, so they're walking around in the woods and and, uh, and, they're, and they're looking up in the, in the trees and, and whatnot. And this is when Scully tells Mulder that uh, it looks like the reason his car couldn't start was because there were rats that had crawled into the, the hood of the car. And that's a, that's a really lame, like, realistic, not mystical explanation, uh, which is disappointing, but it, I guess it tracks, huh? Yes, but... If his car wouldn't start, why are they all torn up body parts? Because they squeeze themselves to death, crawling too tight into the... I don't know, man. <laughs> I didn't write this episode, but yeah, I didn't think about like that. Like if, if the car... Because, yeah. Let's say they're where the fan belt is, uh-huh. right? And there's like a like a fan in there or whatever, right? With blades. You know, if it starts and runs and chops them all up and then gets, you know rat legs stuck in there or whatever well okay mm-hmm. but the car like wouldn't even start so so you're saying it should have like started like you know we should have heard some ruckus going on yeah and then that would have made sense yeah. okay i follow you that that, that that's logical i agree it's not you. the weakest thing in the episode there <laughs> there were so many other inconsistencies that that one just got me by but that's a great point but so so as for now there's nothing suspicious about it at least the car because you know, you know the dis- the disappearance is suspicious, but the car not starting isn't. Well, I think we I think we both are all, we're supposed to have assumed that the 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 mystical jaguar stopped the car from starting, right? It's the the classic you know go stopping machines from working on it. Yes. But while they're out in the woods, they look up in a tree. What do they find in that tree, Brandon? They find uh, ketchup. <laughs> they find. They find an intestine wrapped around a tree branch. Yeah, that now that's pretty <laughs> cool. That that disgusting. scene when it, when Mulder's like, "Oh, it must be raining." Like that's pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I thought that was cool. That's unique. You haven't seen anything like that before. And Mul- Scully's like, "No, that's not rain. It's red." And they look up mm-hmm. and find the intestines. Okay, that's that's pretty creepy and. Pretty- My God, Scully! It's raining blood. <laughs> One of the ten plagues. <laughs> so yeah, no that that is a cool, creepy X Files moment. This is be much better served in a better episode uh but then we come back to mona and she has gone to dr Bilak's house uh dr Bilak, Bilak, whatever uh his house and uh either the door is unlocked or she has a key or what something's going on between these guys i don't know but she comes in it's pitch black in there except for a fire right and she's gonna go turn a light on and he comes he comes out of the shower she's like no don't and he, he's really starting to deteriorate he looks like hell doesn't he yeah, and he's she's like gets mad at him because he's drinking this yahe, and it's like, is he just making this yahe, or can he just order it on Amazon? Well, that, okay, like that's what I was gonna say. Like, what is it? Because she's like, what, what, what are you doing? Let's just. She's like so like angry at him for using this paste or whatever. It's like, does she have a? Does she know what this is? And we don't. I don't know. I I just she's just so disgusted that he's doing this, and it seems like. A terrible thing. I don't know. Well, so so here's what I get out of this. So because she knows what it is, she can look at it and say, you're drinking Yahe, and she's mad at him for it. She clearly has more knowledge of the situation than the average person does. Like, she knows these people. Mm-hmm. She knows their customs. If she can look at this stuff and knows that it's Yahe and knows that it's a psychotropic drug. Okay, so this this is why she's a little bit more afraid because she's aware of the cultural beliefs, right? She has this knowledge. Maybe at one point she was down there. That makes sense. Yeah. Like so she's definitely got more knowledge of the situation than most of the other people involved. But she does you know, she just tried to help him. She's like, "Look, let me help you." Let me He's like, "Yo, get out." Ah, he kicks her out and stuff. Uh and at this point, I guess again, the episode is leading on this red herring to make you think because, you know, being genre fans, we're supposed to think that he's 
turning into a jaguar and killing people, right? Is that what we're supposed to think at this point as an audience member? Oh, are we? I don't know. What, what, did, you, what did you think <laughs> at this point? I don't. I didn't even know what was going on because the rats threw me off. I'm like, I thought that was cats. It's <laughs> <laughs> like this doesn't work no, on I, a rewatch because I'm like, <laughs> I just watched this and I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, he he looks really shady. Yes, he's using this he's using this this drug that he used that we last saw, you know, down south of the border. And when we saw that drug used, you know, Jaguar went and killed somebody, right? And he's obviously just you know I don't know what I don't know what his deal is. Something's wrong with this dude. I don't know if it's just the, the drug use or what. I don't know what he's trying to achieve by using this these drugs. Uh, I don't know how that's going to help. He's trying to. He says he's going to like stop the curse because the. The shaman can't be appeased or something, and yet, you know, I, I don't, I don't get why him doing these drugs is going to help. He, he's got scurvy. He needs some vitamin C. <laughs> he needs some sunlight too. <laughs> <laughs> probably needs to change his clothes. He's probably didn't change clothes in like a week or something. You know, it's like uh, anyway. It's so, so he he does not look well, and and I think what they're trying to do, obviously, they're trying to frame him. You know, as Scully has has pegged him as the main suspect. They're like, look, this guy is trouble. I don't know what's going on here, but he is somehow connected to these jaguars attacking and dragging people away um to what end we do not yet know but meanwhile scully is doing an autopsy on the intestine which i thought was pretty funny and they weren't even like, cut up yeah it's just laying They're just right laying there. there right so she's like we we determined okay so we determined who it was based on what he ate and i think she said corn chowder or something like this so what mm. did she do did she pick up that intestine and like squeeze like out squeeze what was it in there? out and then Stuff uh, it back in because that was like a sausage, like it was stuffed, right? Disgusting. So I don't know. But then they de- they determined that it had rat bites on it. Yes. Which again is like what I thought it was cats. <laughs> like I'm telling you, I thought it was a typo. It was a typo somewhere. It was a typo that didn't get great, caught. It was a great misunderstanding. You know, this is before word processing. You know, so they just rolled with it. Um, but. <laughs> I don't know, but the, again, the rats is confusing because I was like, "Well, I thought it was like Mike, you, I thought it was cats." Uh, but why? The, why this is why they're in this autopsy room? Oh, and I, I do want to mention this. Uh, she she says there are lots of sunflower seeds in his intestines. Yes, and Mulder's like, "Ooh, man of taste," because as we know, Mulder is a big sunflower seed fan. Right. It's a disgusting habit, by the way. Have you ever, you ever chew some flower seeds? When I eat them, I eat the when they're already hulled. And as a matter of fact, I just had some before I came down for podcasting. <laughs> I was just eating some some seeded or some shelled sunflower seeds. You, have you seen Ace Ventura? Uh, that's the one where he comes out of the rhino butt. That's the second one. In the first Ace Ventura, him and Courtney Cox are like in an office, and and they've called him in to kind of investigate the, this, this this dolphin being stolen from Miami Dolphins. And he starts eating, you know, he's watching this videotape and he's eating sunflower seeds, right? He's eating them, he's eating them, he's spitting them out like on the, on the desk. And it's, it's gross, you know, it's like, it's like, he's like, he's just putting them on like his arm, the desk. And she's like, do you want an ashtray? And he says, no, I don't smoke. It's a disgusting habit. <laughs> it's as he's covered in all these. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sunflower seeds, anyway. That's probably why I never, because I saw that at a young age. It's probably when I never got into sunflower seeds. <laughs> I mean, I played baseball. You know, everybody's passing around sunflower seeds. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'll just chew on this gum. Thank you very much. But anyway, uh, Mona gives Scully a call, because uh, earlier she said, if you think of anything, you know, give me a call. Maybe she gave her a card. I don't really recall. But Mona calls Scully, uh, says that, you know, she went to Dr. Bielik's house. Uh, he was threatening. She felt concerned about his attitude and his behavior. So she's like, okay, I'm sending Agent Mulder over right now. And she hangs up. And then we see Sugar, the dog, barking at nothing. So we're like, is this a ghost, right? Is there a jaguar going to pop out of somewhere, right? Um, 
but no, it, she she goes down the hallway. Mona and Sugar go down the hallway uh, in search of this sound, I guess. And she goes in the women's restroom, and then everything like the the sink starts shaking, the toilet starts shaking. You're like, what is this going to be? And you find what out there's it? a bunch of cats in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, this cat. I thought it's like okay, the cats are finally going to come out, right? Because this episode, everybody knows it for the cats, and you keep waiting on these damn cats, and it keeps being rats. <laughs> it's like, damn it, it's a typo. I said cats. <laughs> But these cats erupt out of all, all the sinks, all the toilets. It's disgusting. Um, she like freaks out. I'll tell you. I'll ask you this though: Do, do, do rats freak you out? I mean, uh, they're ugly. I mean, I've never really encountered them. I've encountered a few mice in my <laughs> life, but I mean, right? I haven't encountered rats. I mean, the extent of my rat knowledge comes from like Pixar cartoons. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I think about you know Indiana Jones, the trilogy, right? Because there's only three. Uh, the first one, there's snakes. Okay, snakes. I get it. The reptiles that bite not you, that venomous. Bad, man. Okay, it's it's oh, canon. That's, uh, <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> you know it. The next one is Temple of Doom. Bugs, disgusting. Right, bugs gross me out like nothing else. Like spiders, roaches, whatever. Like that's gross. And then and then the third film, The Last Crusade. They they escalated with rats. I'm like, really? Like uh, that's the escalation is all out of order. I think. I mean, rats. I mean, they caused the Black Plague, so I guess they have there has. There is some danger to them, but if I saw a bunch of rats, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing in the world. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. What about the ants? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Boulder uh, finally shows up at the museum. Okay, well, okay. And, what, uh, has Scully talked to him yet, uh, to uh, Belak? No. No. Okay, this, then- this, I was going to say this. So, she sits, she sits Boulder to the museum, and she's going to go talk to him by herself? That's a stupid call. Yeah, so is this the point where she's talking to Belak? No, because she she uh, she hasn't talked to him until they find him at the museum. She she just got a call from somebody to say, "Hey, this guy is dangerous, and I'm worried about him like hurting me." So she's like, "Okay, well, I'll send Boulder to go to the museum with you and the security guard, and I'll go to his house by myself." It's like Scully, that is a bad <sighs> move. This is why you get kidnapped so often. Do you not Scully. remember Dwayne Barry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was just like a year ago. I mean, that happens a lot to her. Yes, know? and uh, sometimes her own fault, sometimes not. Do you not but remember definitely the cannibals this one is from our town? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly a very similar situation. So, fortunately for her, uh, nobody's home. The door's open. The fire at this point is dead. Like, the place is pitch black. Uh, but she finds the the Yahe and is, is immediately disgusted by it, you know? Yes. Which it is probably, it probably doesn't smell very good. I mean, like, it doesn't look very good. She, she's about as disgusted by it as uh, Moda was by the rats, I guess, so... <laughs> Well, no, because Mona was screaming. Scully wasn't screaming at the Yahe. <laughs> <laughs> Yahe coming, coming out the toilet. That made me. That would make me scream. <laughs> but meanwhile, Boulder goes to the uh, museum and he runs into the security guard. And he's like, "What are you doing here?" That's what the security guard asked him. He's like, uh, "We got a distress call from Mona. Where is she?" And he's like, "Oh, she's she's down here in the office, and she's not." Yeah, because you know, she, the rats probably took her. <laughs> it is very confusing. Like, she's out of the office. They go to the bathroom, and there's just blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's not good. Because Boulder, he's on the phone with Scully, and she's explaining that, okay, I'm at so-and-so's house, and he's been taking some kind of hallucinogen. And, and he's like, oh, no, I, I have to go. She's like, oh, is it Moda? He's like, I hope not, because it's a pile of blood, or a puddle of blood. But when they go there, there's no sign of her. Right. Or or the dog, by the way, which I'm more concerned about, frankly. I don't know. They weren't that concerned about the dog at that point, though. They were more concerned about the person. I'm more concerned about the dog. Yes, I understand, yeah, but you're it? weird. <laughs> well, yeah. They, they Her car is outside. They don't know where she is. There's no body anywhere, uh, and they can't find her. So uh, Mulder starts looking around, and who does he find but Dr. Belak, just kind of curled up in the corner. Yes. Right, and then now, now is when Scully comes in, right? Right, and Scully shows up at the museum. Now, okay, so this didn't ring true to me for Scully's character, where she was all, like, mad at him and, like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about because you were high, you know, and, like, <laughs> just the way she's, like, judging and talking to him and stuff, like, that is not, like, an impartial investigator. Well, she had been to his house, and she had read his journal and had determined he was trying to invoke this curse and he was doing these drugs and she has been uh, he has been her prime suspect this entire time they've been on this case so I can understand why she's because she she thinks he's going on this killing spree and lying to him about it I mean I understand her attitude 
I don't know. It just didn't ring. Yeah, it did not ring true for me. For didn't ring true to me. Well, he and then he also says that Mona's dead, right? But they're like, "Where's the body?" He's like, "Well, I don't know where it is." You know. Yes. Uh, the shaman needs to be appeased. I tried to stop. I'm like I, again, I don't understand what he is trying to do because now, obviously, he's not the one. Or you know, as far as he's claimed, I guess. I guess they could have still gone in that direction. I guess, but if he turns into the jaguar or something, or if they still wanted to, right. But at, at, but at this point, like, okay, if he's not the guy killing these people, then what? why is he so messed up? Why is he, like, in the shadows all the time? Why is he showing up in these suspicious times? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, the Yahe dilates his pupils, so he's really sensitive to light. They leave him unattended in this room. Older and Scully got in the hallway or whatever, and they tell these cops, like, don't let him out of this room until this whole building is searched, right? But they leave him unattended in that room. That was a bad decision. They, should have had, they had two cops there. They should have left one cop inside and one cop outside, right? Yeah, but that's a lot of that's a lot to expect of the police. Well, why are they just leaving this guy in this room by himself? I just don't understand. You know, I guess he's is he not a suspect at this point? Like another woman has died. He's on the scene. He's telling you that she's dead, but he can't tell you why. And he has blood all over him, uh, assumingly from her blood in the bathroom. I guess I, that that didn't make much sense either. Actually, now I think about well, it. Wasn't there like it's kind of like the episode Blood? I guess they could have just locked like locked him up in the room, you know, and then he he would have been like dead i guess you know like because the guy in blood had the sun on him and he like melted oh, oh right. right so like if they <laughs> locked him in the room and then he still would have well that's exactly what happened to yeah. him right because because they go they leave they come back i mean the jump ahead versus a second when they come back he's been whisked away but this is this is when he had the line that ma- literally made me laugh out loud you know I, I don't usually laugh out loud at stuff unless i find it ridiculous and very funny when i'm watching tv but he says this is not something you can Put in handcuffs. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, really, bro? Like, you've been watching too much Ricardo Montalban. Like, tone it down, right? I, yeah, this accent really, really trying really to weird. sell it. And you're right. It, it got more and more, like, intense. Like, the accent and the, and the, and the way he spoke got more and more intense in the episode one. And, I, and again, I'm going to assume that was, like, a choice. Like, I applaud him for, hey, you made a choice as an actor. Good for you. It was the wrong choice, but at least you brought something to it. It was the it was a yah English. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh boy, uh, but Mulder uh, has gone back to the bathroom with Scully, and they're looking around. He's like, and he, the brilliant de- deductive genius that Mulder is. He's determined that all the toilets have overflown because there's water everywhere, you know. And uh, and they go and they they flip the lid on a toilet. It's always it's always a very dangerous thing to flip the lid on a public toilet. You don't know what you're going to find in there. So I understand there. I understand this trepidation. And they, they open the lid, and what do we find, Brandon? Cats. No, it's, it's freaking rats oh, again. It's man, like, where, where am I going to get this where, right? <laughs> where are the cats? Where are the cats? Donde esta los gatos? Okay, where are the cats? <laughs> you know what? We could sing another song here. But there are no cats in Teso dos Pichos, and the streets are filled with cheese. Have you never seen an you American Tale? Uh, I've seen Five Goes West. Oh, I haven't seen the first dude. one. Dude. That, that, or of a land before time guy myself. That joke killed for people who have seen American Tale. <laughs> Somewhere out there. Yes! I know that song. I know that from Community, because they sing it in Community. Because they, they have a rat and they name him a Fible. There you go. So, anyway. Oh, so much pop culture references we're sharing with people today. I hope you guys enjoy that. That's our thing. You know, we enjoy it. And we have an album coming out, too. <laughs> well, we're going to plug that at the end of the episode. Um, so... Dead rats, not cats, but more dead rats in the toilets and the sinks and all that. Uh, then apparently they find Sugar the dog. I guess that's the whole reason this dog existed was not just for a jump scare, but also to like be a crucial clue to everything. Because I guess there's a veterinarian who did an autopsy on the dog. Good thing he was there. <laughs> like, where did this guy come from? Like, Mulder and Scully just walk into some office. He's like, oh, yeah, looks like, uh, looks like he died from uh, rat poisoning. And they're like, someone fed this dog rat poisoning? They're like, no, uh... Looks like he ate a cat, and that cat had eaten a rat, and that rat had eaten rat poisoning. I'm like, wow, that is. This, why would this dog just randomly eat a cat? <laughs> you know, like dogs and cats don't get along, but they're not usually not going to eat it. Yeah, right? so I got a question here. Okay, so the dog died from rat poison, but like, would it, the cat would have died from rat poison? So did this dog eat a dead cat? Just go with it, Scully. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least we got our I cat. Mean, yeah. We got a cat. Right. I mean, so, I, I, but again, like, it had nothing to do with Mona being taken in the bathroom, right? 
Like you thought, oh, the Jaguars going to kill them both or something, right? Or, or whatever it is, right? Is this still a good episode um, at this point? No. We, we're, way, <laughs> we're way past. We're way past that. I think the, the Jaguar Hood Ornament is what did it for me. Um, but anyway. Uh, subtlety. Come on, X-Files. So... Mulder, uh, Mulder starts to you know do his Mulder classic Mulder theories you know and he's he explains to Scully like, look these rats that were trying to escape from something right and she's like well, it's an old building Mulder there's lots of rats everywhere <laughs> I'm like what's that? yeah just hordes of rats coming out but he was saying they weren't they weren't trying to get in they were trying to get out and something is deep in the sewers and they're they're scared of it, and that's why they were coming out of toilets and sinks and and apparently crawling into cars for that same reason legit legit I buy it. Let's go with it, Scully. <sighs> this is where he says it the second time, by the way, at the, <laughs> at the, end, of, at the end of this theory. So, Bielik is gone. He's gone. The cop says no one left that room. He was in front of the door the whole time. Uh, they look around the room. They find uh, Mulder, again, being the detu- de- de- master detective, Fox Mulder. He sees that like a table has been like dragged across the floor, so he traces that back to a wall. There's a hidden vent. And uh, Bielik had, at first, they think, oh, maybe he escaped down the... Uh, Heat here, air duct, but but they see blood everywhere, and they think, oh, it looks like he was dragged, so it looks like he's dead too. Yeah, but they don't find his body right away. Well, they don't find any of these bodies right away. Right, but I mean, you just you just assume they're all dead, you know. So Mulder and Sully they they go into the sewer. This is the best line in the episode where he's like, "Ladies first. Yeah, and she's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as as Mulder and Scully drop to new depths, the episode itself drops the new depths because we we we're in the sewer here, and. We st- we start seeing some animal more more uh, Yahweh vision Yahweh excuse me <laughs> yeah Yahweh is very different Yahweh 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 there's a difference <laughs> some Yahweh vision and then we see this like really really tight close up of an eye and I'm like are they trying to make us think this is a jaguar eye because this is clearly a house cat <laughs> this is clearly a house cat you're not gonna fool me and well, then, what is a cat a rat, but a small jaguar I don't all right I don't even know how to respond to that but. Uh, <laughs> But a, a rat crawls by, right? And they literally say, follow that rat. <laughs> like, oh my God, follow that rat. Oh, man. And so they follow the rat, and they find all the dead bodies from everyone who has disappeared up to this point. So right? the cats dragged them there? Well, I think, I think. see, the idea is like, there's like a, I'm not too familiar with the habits of big cats, but I believe like leopards and, and at least they, uh, pumas, stuff like that mountain lions when they kill something they'll drag it back to its lair right to like eat i think like they don't eat it out in the open they drag it back to where it's its base of operations is so to speak so just trying to logic myself through this episode this ghost cat which i don't know why it needs a den but has taken up (laughs) taken up a home in the sewer and that's why all the rats leave and run away when it shows up and drops the dead bodies off there but if it's a ghost cat why does it bother like if it's trying to avenge the the stolen urn with the shaman skeleton in it, then it should just kill people. Why is it? Why is it bother to drag it away to its den? It, 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 I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was a good attempt. <laughs> so we, we, uh, Mulder, like they hear something, right? He turns around and you think, oh, we're gonna see the jaguar now, right? We're gonna see whatever, and it's it's the house cat. I'm like, oh. You mean the Muppets? Okay. Well, we're not to the oh, Muppet yet. The, the Muppet, this yeah. first one, this first one is just this little orange. Oh yeah, this like is spot, the fake. Right? This is the Jonesy scare that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it was, exactly, exactly. It looks just like it's like they're trying to do that from Alien. Remember that time in Alien? That was even scary. Exactly Let's do that. Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Oh well, we'll try again. So, yeah. So it's like, oh, it's just a cat, right? But then, like, more cats start coming in. You know, uh, and, and and dozens of of cats start going. In. And it's it's interesting. Uh, so in this episode, apparently these cats, like, I guess they were stunt cats, if, if that's a thing or something, but they, they did not cooperate. So uh, <laughs> they uh, they couldn't, if you notice, like, whenever you see all these cats, it's all separate from Mulder and Scully. Like, you see, like, a bunch of cats coming through, like, windows or whatever they're coming through. You see a bunch of them, like, dozens of them, like, through a fence, kind of all gathered together. But you never really see them interacting with uh with the cats so and they were supposed to like originally like like they, they were supposed to attack but they they refused to attack quote-unquote under direction so <laughs> they weren't union <laughs> so, cats okay yeah they were like look it's past our time we've been here so 
as you said, we get <laughs> we get this terrible cat muppet that attacks Scully. And there there is pussy flying all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well said, sir. This is this is embarrassing. Yeah, the director's like, just it. like, okay, put that thing on your <laughs> hand. Shake. shake that shit in front of the camera. <laughs> It looks like Triumph the Insult Comic Dog from Conan O'Brien. <laughs> it's, just, it's so cheap and so bad. Yeah. And I'm like, this, this is really, and this is why this episode gets such a low rating for me. It's like, look, I, I get you can have some bad scripts and you can try to get away with things, but this this is just, this is embarrassing. <laughs> like to see them like run away from this Muppet cat and then these other cats who are just chilling. Like those cats, those cats do not give a damn. <laughs> this one's just hanging out in the sewer or wherever. Like because Mulder puts the flashlight down there and it's supposed to scare you because there's like a horde of 30 cats. But if they're just sitting there, like that doesn't scare me, you know? So just, just embarrassing. What's, what's better special effects? These cats or Sophie the gorilla? Oh, I'm Sophie the gorilla. <laughs> Big time. Like, no question. Like, because cause at least that I could kind of, like, they kind of put her in shadow. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they did their best. And, like, I'm sure Kim Manners did his best here, but he hated this episode, too. And I would, I would too, if I were him. Like, oh, this is not my best work. <laughs> not going to put this on my demo reel. Uh, but definitely Sophie. What, what do you, do you think Sophie's worse than this? No way. I don't think Fearful Symmetry is a bad episode. I like it. So I don't oh, know. Well, of course you do. <laughs> hey, I don't like this one. So, it's, you know, I'm not That's crazy. Right. You're not completely insane. No. No. So, <laughs> never at once, though, through any of this, was I worried for Mulder and Scully. Were you? Um, no. I was worried they'd get renewed for season four or not. <laughs> well, yeah, so so they, well, shocking, they get out. The, the, this is the climax of the episode, people. This whole... If you're going to do all this mystery stuff the whole time, we're not going to see a cat. What's it going to be? Is it rats? Is it cats? Is it what? That's fine. But give us a good payoff in the climax. And this episode completely drops the ball on that. Fails. They crawl up the sewer and escape, and they're fine. And that's the end of that. And, yeah. And then the the urn gets sent back. Now. Well, yeah. But the, well, they find all the bodies, right? Yeah. But they can't find any of the cats. Right? Because the, the, next, the next morning or whatever it is, right? Like that Mulder and Scully are talking, and they're like, "Oh, well, we found all the bodies, but there's no trace of the cats." And Mulder's like, "Well, it's too, it doesn't matter now. They'll probably never find them because the, the urn's being sent back," as you said. Right. So the urn gets sent back and it gets buried again, and then we see the shaman dude again with the cat eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the ultimate, the ultimate twist of like, is this supposed to be some kind of like, what do you what are you saying, episode? I don't understand. Okay, so my logic like, on this and what I'm thinking is that it was this shaman dude who was killing everybody the whole time. I think I thought so too. I thought so too, but then we see the the um, the Yahe vision at the last shot of them putting dirt on the urn, and it's through the skull. Right. You're so right. yes. So up. So I was with you on that. I'm like, okay, the shaman was around the whole time doing this, doing this anamorph thing, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. But that, okay, but that's undercut by the fact that we see through the skull's eyes that it's being reburied through the animal vision. So the, but um, the other doctors have animal vision too. So maybe it's some shared thing, you know? Like just because we saw it through the skull doesn't mean the other times it was the skull. The other times it could have been the the shot man. Yeah. Uh, but what a what a confusing cluster of an end. And and, they even, and on top of that, that and, and some, don't get me wrong, there are lots of good episodes that have monologues by Mulder. Uh, or Scully, you know, but it's also a red flag on weaker episodes where they like kind of throw like a captain's log at the end, you know, <laughs> with like to try and wrap it up because there's like there's no other way to do it, right. so that they have Mulder like, well, this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened, but hey, you know, the the real lesson here is not to disturb what you shouldn't, right? It's like how trite. Yes, right? I you know what I've I know what happened. I'm convinced myself, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right, it what it was it? the security guard. <laughs> And he was kind of shady. Yeah, you know? it was, I mean, like he, yeah. he was in the right place at the right time. That was a little suspicious. He wasn't getting so. paid enough. You know, they just took away his benefits. So he decided to get all crazy and kill everybody. Well, if you know, if the X-Files was, if, you know, I had it on VHS and this was like its own tape, I would go out and I would bury it <laughs> just like they bury the urn at the end of this episode because I have no intention <laughs> on ever revisiting this episode ever again. One star for me, or whatever. <laughs> One out of ten. Not good. Just, just uh, again, the beginning. Yeah, interesting setup, but it just, it just gets progressively worse. Ends in an embarrassment, a complete 
completely falls flat in the climax and a very confusing and it's supposed to be some cool twist and we can't even figure it out just right uh, but at least we have mark snow's wonderful music so brandon should we read some listener feedback from the basement did anybody have anything to say about this episode i believe they did that's a uh, surprise. Katie Doe, for example, said, I'm a little ashamed this takes place in Massachusetts. We deserve so much better. So there you go. There's some feedback. I've, I've never been to Massachusetts. Is it like a is it a good state? It's where the Red Sox play. Boston Red Sox. That's all. I've never been to Massachusetts either. So that's that's what I know. I know New England Patriots, Boston Celtics. I know it for sports. That's all I know. So clam chowder. Well, never fear. It, it takes place in Massachusetts, but it doesn't it wasn't filmed in Massachusetts. No. So uh Courtian Waters Bartley had this to say, I get where they're going with this episode mostly, but I just don't understand how they thought the big reveal of a room full of cats was going to be all that meaningful. What about, what about you, Brandon? Do you, do you sympathize with this statement? I don't get where they were going with this either, and the big reveal of the cats didn't quite work for me either, but yeah, it's it's it was such a... I, this episode was a mess. <laughs> like this episode was a mess and yeah i don't know i don't quite understand where their ultimate goal was with it but you know that's okay i mean they did you can't have every episode be Dwayne barry or drive or something like that right yeah. sometimes you gotta get a taste of dust bicos bichos yeah. banana yeah. <laughs> well uh claire jean cook had some problems with the uh authenticity of the episode she said just google the hats the woolly hats are completely the wrong for this tribe uh, completely wrong. Typo there, Clara. That's okay, though. I'll correct it for you. Completely wrong for the, <laughs> for the tribe who are wearing them. The mummy is cool, but we only see her twice. She could have been used more. And the acting throughout this episode is awful. Still pretty good for comedy value, though. Oh, and the ethnic panpipe music is just painful. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times yes, Clara. I don't know. I like... I like- Mark Snow's ethnic pipe music. That's like so Mark Snow to me. It's but overplayed, I will say, though. It's overplayed. It is. I will say, though, that the hats are not the least believable or least correct thing in this episode. Well, Dan Greer said, still a hundred times better than Babylon or all things. Much rather watch Killer Cats. Uh, I, I disagree. I think Babylon is probably the worst episode of the X-Files. But what, what, what's your take on, on that? Where does it rank with those two episodes, Brandon? Oh, that is a tough call. Babylon and what was the other one he said? All Things. You know, I don't remember that episode very well, so I can't I can't claim on that one. Uh, but as far Same. as Babylon goes, there's I think Babylon is probably a better episode than this, but not by much. You know, like well, there's some there's some interesting stuff in Babylon. It just it it's tone deaf and falls short. That's all that I got to say on that one. Well, know? Dan Dan explains a little bit more in all things, which is good because neither of us remembered it that well. Uh, he said all things is the most boring to me, at least and least like an X Files episode. Even my family and friends that rewatched the series with me all wandered out into the kitchen to get snacks and socialize because the episode was just too soap opera y, not paranormal enough, and just drags its feet forever. That never happened before or after that episode. To this day, I loathe that episode. Well, obviously, it was very forgettable because Brandon and I really don't have strong opinions about it either way. Huh? Well, I'll only have seen it twice because I would have seen it when it aired. Mm-hmm. Actually, if it's late enough in season seven, I may, you know what? I actually didn't even see it when it aired because, you know, I was in a, a government sponsored youth program called Katimovic. And so we left in January of 2000. So I missed the back half of season seven when, seven when it aired. It didn't catch it until I bought the DVDs. And I've only actually watched that season once on DVD. So if it's late enough in the season, I have only seen the episode once. Well, Michael Little elaborates. He says, I can't stand all things. Truly one of the worst hours of TV I've ever seen. Laughable. So I'll have to revisit it if it's, it's, it generates so much disdain from uh, from our listeners. But, but Michael Little also has this to say about Tessa Dos Pichos. Boring, stupid, and also racist. Thankfully, Siobhan got a lot better from here, the writer of the episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Silva says, The Lone Hiccup in Season 3. Uh, I would I would definitely say it's the worst episode of Season 3. I Season 3 is my favorite season, so there are not a lot of hiccups, really. And I would agree this is probably the low point. Yeah, like I, I've heard a lot of people say they don't like Hell Money, but I think Hell Money's pretty good. Hell Money's interesting. 
I mean, I, I like I like beating Wong. I was gonna say beating Wong alone makes it you know at, at least average at best. So anyway, uh, Lucy Liu isn't she in it too? Lucy Liu, yes, and her and she has a, a and her, I think it's one of her first on screen appearances. Really, yeah, uh, I think so, so too. Yeah, that's that's pretty much gonna do it for our our uh, our. Feedback Meredith Roberts says, I fully hope you all can make this as hilarious as you did Excelsior's Day. So hopefully you guys had a few laughs during this episode. We, we tried to keep it light, keep it fun, because it, it, it was uh, definitely not one of the more enjoyable entries in the X-Files canon. So... All right, Brandon, that was a bad episode, but it was a good time talking to you about it. So... Let me ask you this. Do you believe in? Do you believe in dead shaman, Native American spirits that take the form of jaguars and kill people who desecrate their graves? Um, I want to believe. It's <laughs> a good answer. <laughs> I, 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 you know, there is a fine line between, I mean, we're kind of being facetious about it and joking about it. There is something to be said about the people who broke into, like, King Tutan, uh, King Tutan Commons burial chamber you know in egypt yep. and you know the curse of all that do you put any stock in that like curses i don't want to say curses but like you know do, you know what i'm saying like do you put any stock in those kind of situations i don't know like uh, i mean i i'm a christian and i know that the people at my church they believe in you know like two of the churches i've gone to they believe in you know spirits and demons and things like this right and i don't know that i do myself you know, and so, like, I think that this would fall under that category. And so I don't I don't think I really believe in those kinds of things myself, you know. Well, yeah, I, I, I believe in, you know, angels, demons, that sort of thing. But again, I don't I think it's a totally different category. I like to put a like a, a, a curse on like a tangible worldly object. And oh, you touched it and you weren't supposed to. Like, but well, okay. There's people in, kind of in there's people at the last church that I went to that do believe that kind of thing. They believe that, you know. Like cursed objects, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know that I do, right? I don't think I do. I, I don't. Well, I mean, even in you know taking completely getting out of my own worldview and mindset, like if these things were going to exist, I believe in them a lot more, like in a, like a pyramid setting, like in Egypt, than like literally a mound of dirt <laughs> in Ecuador, right? Like if they had, if this had been like in a temple, you know, like a South American temple, you know, the uh, the, the more square kind of you know Incan or Mayan temples, that might have been cool. You know, kind of more shades of Indiana Jones. Yeah, but they don't have know? those in Vancouver. <laughs> that's a very that's a very good point, right? And I think you just solved the mystery. So we're we're, we're going to both be scullies on this one. We're not going to believe in curses from beyond the grave. Yeah, I do, however, believe in museums. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> Way to bring it home, Brandon. So. If people want to find you out there on the internet talking X-Files or anything else, where can they find you? Well, you can find me driving around the streets trying to run over as many cats as I can. (laughs) (laughs) You can also find me on Twitter, at Brandon Metella. And you can find me on Trek FM hosting Warp 5, which is our Star Trek Enterprise podcast. And you can find me also on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom where we have a show called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast, and we discuss all of Alfred Hitchcock's films. And Zach, where can people find you when you're not trying to escape from a toilet? <laughs> well, when I'm not slurping up yahe, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-C-S-C-H. I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Holding a Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that young Superman show. You can find us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville. With one S. Lots of crossover between Smallville and the X-Files. Locations, actors, music, as we discussed earlier. So, you know, you'll see some familiar faces if you go check out Smallville. And you can also find me on the Trek FM network as well. I'm one of the hosts on Standard Orbit, our original series podcast. We talk about all things Captain Kirk and the Enterprise, old and new. You can find us on Twitter at Trek FM. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on the X-Cast. You can find us at the X underscore cast on Twitter or the X-Cast on Facebook. So make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join the X-Files down here in the basement with the rest of the FBI's most unwanted. And remember, until next time, the cats are out there. Trust no cats. The X-Cast and X-Files podcast is produced and presented by Tony Black alongside a dedicated group of podcasters and X-Files fans. You can find us on Twitter at the Xcast, and on Facebook if you type in the Xcast, 
or at our group, X-Files Basement, an X-Cast podcast fan group, where you can continue the discussion about all things Mulder and Scully. If you want to support the X-Cast further, you can now subscribe and become a patron of the show on Patreon. On Google, just type patreon.com forward slash the X-Cast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You'll see all of our tiers, subscription options and perks, which include early access to episodes, bonus content such as commentaries on X-Files episodes, access to a patron chat zone, and even appearing on one of our patron roundtable discussions. We would appreciate any support you can give the show, so just go to patreon.com forward slash the Xcast to find out more. Our title music is provided courtesy of Will A, who you can find on Twitter at I am Will A Y E. Thank you.